am now here with Peter Kearney from Intel, who's sitting through the first ever Dev Diner interview, which may or may not get posted in its audio form, <laughs> depending on how exciting this actually goes. So, well, being that it's an interview <laughs> with me, probably not too exciting at all. But It'll be really exciting, yeah. So, I've got a range of questions for you. The whole idea is we want to look at all of Intel's range of Internet of Things style microcontrollers and stuff and help people navigate a bit over what should they use from Intel, what are all these devices, what do they mean. So to start with, because you work at Intel, and not everybody works at Intel, in fact, I'd say the majority of people in the world don't work at Intel just from statistics, what is it like working at a massive company like Intel? Um, well. As you say, Intel is a pretty big company. Um, we've got more than 100,000 people worldwide. But when we actually start to talk about Intel Australia, yeah. that's a very different kettle of fish. We've got around 40 people inside Intel Australia. Um, so it's quite a bit smaller than you would imagine. Much smaller, yeah. Um, so we're a, a, a channel management, sales and marketing. And I work in a group that talks to enterprise end user accounts like financial services, government, um, all those kinds of people. The important uh, ones. A range of different topics. Um, so in terms of Intel, we have to talk about all Intel products all the way from, as you say, embedded microcontrollers all the way up to scale out cloud infrastructure yep. um, and everything in between. So you would know a lot about everything in this uh, No, a little bit about everything <laughs> and a mild amount about a few things. Yeah. yeah. Well, hey, that's how to do it. I know little bits about many things too. It's... Yeah. My brain's full. I need to clear out stuff. So. <laughs> that's okay. Clear it out after the interview. When I've already... Okay. Whatever we record here, you no longer need. You've got a reference to it later. So I can listen to it on <laughs> cool. Exactly. Awesome. That's fine. That's what we do here. Okay. Well, to start with... In terms of the products, you've got a range of IoT products at Intel, including the Edison board, the Galileo, and the Curie. What's the difference between each of them, and when should a developer listening right now who wants to get involved use one over the other? Okay, um, so a key thing about the Intel products themselves. So we have a small range of products, as you mentioned, uh, Galileo, Edison, and soon to be Curie to be released. Um, they target specific, uh, more general actually, because as you've probably read there, um, Edison and Galileo are basically full Linux systems. Yeah. Um, very capable Linux systems in themselves um, with a range of IOs. And so the point being that it's just a couple of devices that we've chosen to make ourselves to enable the market. Mm -hmm. So in Internet of Things specifically, um, a lot of the products actually come from our third party manufacturers such as um, Advantech or AD Link or IEI. Mm -hmm. um, so there's most Intel products as you can possibly imagine come from people who are not Intel. Yeah, And so one of the challenges with being Intel is actually not being able to sell anything to anyone. <laughs> so we're out, out there talking to customers about Intel technology and then you say, oh, and by the way, I can't sell anything to you, so <laughs> you need to go over and speak to such and such. That would can. be annoying, I imagine. Um, 
So especially when it comes to IoT solutions, um, there's such a wide variety of form factors and capabilities and IOs required. Mm -hmm. You can't have a single device that meets everyone's needs. No. So um, we try and make devices to enable the market Mm -hmm. um, and then customers who develop solutions um, can then go to the various different manufacturers and either have their um, their equipment cost reduced. Mm-hmm. So we can do a lot of um, matchmaking with manufacturers to say, right, now you've developed your IoT solution, what exactly do you need in this device? Yeah. How can we cost reduce it? How can we make it the appropriate form factor so you can get your product to market? Excellent. So they're the kinds of conversations we have. Cool. And what in particular is the Curie that you said is coming up? Um, so the Curie is we announced a hat. Not exactly sure where we announced it, but <laughs> um, I think it was CES. Um, so it's a microcontroller with a bunch of additional sensors, mm-hmm. um, gyroscopes, magnetometers, that sort of thing. Um, the fun stuff. Yeah, Wi-Fi. And then it's specifically targeted at um, the wearable segment. So cool. it's designed to operate off a battery, um, a very small battery, mm-hmm. and targeted very much at that wearables maker market. Yeah. Um, but that said, it's built out of components, and you can take those individual components and say, yep, these are the bits I need for my wearables project, Mm -hmm. possibly go and find a different supplier. So as I said, Curie's just a developer kit at this stage. Excellent. um, And it uses some Intel technologies. Cool. So people could theoretically go out and piece together their own... Yeah, so so it's built on a forthcoming microcontroller. Mm -hmm. um, And that will be available as an individual chip. Mm -hmm. And then if you want to build your own thing, then go for it. Cool. Or have something built. (laughs) Excellent. I am hoping that at least a few people listening to this right now are that exact person who wants to go out and build something. And so... Yeah, or, as I said, it it may be just what you need straight off the shelf. Which would be nice. In which case, great. (laughs) That makes life a lot easier when it is just straight off the shelf and you don't have to change too much. Okay, um, then with all of these different boards and such, what's the benefits of using Intel's products uh, over the other IoT products like the Arduino and particle sort of ecosystems out there? Um, Well, specifically with the products we've got at the moment, things like the Galileo and the Edison, um, they are very much fully capable Linux systems straight up. Um, so specifically with the Edison, um, it is a dual-core Atom CPU, mm-hmm. and with a number of IOs and GPIOs and comparators and all those things. Um, but it's also got Wi-Fi and built uh, Bluetooth built in, which is brilliant. Yeah. And, so when yeah. you start to look at something like an Arduino, you go, "Oh, how do I make this Arduino talk to anything?" oh, I need to go and buy a Wi-Fi <laughs> interface or I need yes. a Bluetooth interface. And then by the time you add all those components, they're all individual components. And yeah. I've got to get a library from over here and I've got to try and make that bit of GitHub code work. <laughs> yes. 
Um, so, Story of my life. Yeah, so with something like an Edison, it's all there. Yeah. Um, fire it up, it um, connects to your Wi-Fi, connects to your Bluetooth, got all the IOs on it, and yeah. off you go. Excellent. That sounds very handy, actually. So I can see myself actually going and trying this out soon. Yeah, and then obviously we've got um, some Arduino compatibility. You can treat a Galileo or an Edison as an Arduino if you mm-hmm. really want to, but then you can SSH into it. And yes. Then you can run it with Python, and it's got an MQTT stack on it, yeah. and it's got a Node.js stack on it. And yes, I love you that. You can use all of these things simultaneously. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah, rather than just, here's how it works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So with the Arduino board being on it, with Arduino compatibility, I mean, on it, does that mean that a lot of the Arduino um, shields and stuff could potentially work with it as well? Like it's yeah, ab- pretty absolutely. With all that. So we've got a, a good list of shields that work, and I buy um, shields and gadgets and things off mm. miscellaneous Chinese electronic <laughs> sites and yep. plug them in, and yep, off they, they tend go. to be all right. Yeah. So okay, that's quite good because it means then anybody listening who has already used Arduino before who's got a ton of shields can just switch across and not be like, oh, I've got to buy all this new stuff again. Yeah. I got this one particular use that I've been using for these things. Yeah. Yeah. So that's good. That's quite good. Cool. Um, Okay. Well, one of my biggest questions, which I'm going to likely ask many people over the next few months, is all to do with security. Uh, One of the biggest concerns and criticisms of the Internet of Things from many people, including myself, is the incredible lack of security in devices that are already out there. They get hacked constantly and people throw them out there and they didn't really test anything or they didn't have any way to improve it over time if there's a security flaw. So the last time we spoke, uh, when I met you at an Internet of Things meetup in Sydney, which if anybody's in Sydney, they should go to, um, you mentioned that Intel's working hard to get the security side of things right. What sort of security issues have you and the guys at Intel recognized that exist within the IoT space? And then what are your approaches to try and secure all of this stuff so that all the Intel stuff doesn't become prey to all of the previous criticisms? Um, Yeah, absolutely. Security is paramount to this stuff. If you've got Internet of Things solutions, especially industrial grade ones, Um, We don't want our Jeeps driving (laughs) off the side of the road, which is very topical at the moment. Yeah, let's not Um, have that. So, yeah, we treat security um, very seriously in Intel. And um, a lot of people may or may not know we've um, bought, uh, now have an organization called Intel Security, formerly known as McAfee. Oh, yes. Um, So we've integrated them into the larger Intel Mm -hmm. and the story that you get with McAfee software on Intel hardware is a very compelling story. Okay. Um, We also, specifically for Internet of Things solutions, we bought another company called Wind River that has a very long history in embedded real-time hardened operating systems. Yeah. And so when we start having conversations around industrial grade Internet of Things solutions, Mm -hmm. um, the combination of the Wind River real-time hardened Linux um, with edge management software, Mm -hmm. plus the McAfee security technologies on there, um, makes a very compelling story for people who are building 
industrial grade IoT solutions. Yeah. Um, so it is very much a, a working as security is one of the fundamental tenets of, yeah. of everything we do. Which is good mm. and sounds like Intel are slightly more responsible in the thinking of this first, which is a um, relief. Yeah, and then a lot of the standards bodies we work with are very much in um, looking at security um, yeah. and device management and things. So, as you said, if you do find a security vulnerability, yeah, you need to be able to get the fixes for that out to the devices. Yes. So part of these Wind River solutions is that edge management capability where you can securely push firmware updates down onto these devices. Fantastic. That's so, exactly what we need. Yeah, when you've got hundreds of thousands of them in a solution or they're up in light poles and things mm-hmm. and you go, oh no, there's a security vulnerability. <laughs> you yep. can't run around everywhere to patch all these devices no. manually one at a time. Or if it's in like millions of people's homes, you know, you can go knock on everybody's door and be like, hey, we just need to change this thing <laughs> yeah, that we at, sold you as really bucks good. A, Ten <laughs> bucks ago. Or, yeah. Uh, I'm sure someone's happy to take that check. Yeah, <laughs> yeah cool. Well, that's... That is good and a relief and makes me slightly happier that at least somebody... Yeah, and so a lot of people think of um, McAfee as, oh, that's antivirus. And, well, yeah, they do lots of other things (laughs) as well. But when you're looking at an IoT solution, um, antivirus is typically uh, what we call the blacklisting. Yeah. So that's a bad guy, that's a bad guy. Yeah, yeah. When you're doing an IoT solution, you know exactly what you want to run on it. Yes. So you use a whitelisting technique where you mm. can say, right, these are the trusted applications. These are the signatures of those applications. Only let those run. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If there's any tampering with those executables or those applications, don't even let them run. Yeah. Um, so it's a very different process for these embedded um, yeah, yeah, devices. Yeah. That's great. Okay. Hopefully very valuable knowledge for anybody listening as well worried about security or trying to find something that is going to be secure for an upcoming project they've got everybody should be worried about security i completely agree with you (laughs) and i get very annoyed when people are like why are you so concerned about security and the internet of things these big companies are surely going to be protecting everything (laughs) so yeah everybody listening really if you haven't thought about security please please stop thinking about security now okay uh Another wonderful thing that Intel is a big part of is the Open Interconnect Consortium, uh, which is an industry group that's working on standards for the Internet of Things alongside companies like Samsung and Cisco. Could you explain a little bit more? Uh, what's the aim of the group? And for any developers who are listening, what is the relevance to them in this space? Should they look this up? Is it important to them? Or is it something they don't have to worry about or think about? It's just going to happen in the background. Um, Well, one of the issues we've seen with adoption of IoT solutions is interoperability. Yeah. We see a lot of organizations bringing out IoT um, devices, Mm -hmm. like Wi-Fi enabled light globes and thermostats and PowerPoints and um, all of these different kinds of devices, but none of them work together. No. I've got an app for that. I've got (laughs) an app for that. And you go, well, why can't this talk to that? Mm. Um, So things like the usage model would be, you get in your car, you drive out of your house, open an app and say, shut down my house. Yeah. All the doors lock, all the windows lock, the 
lights turn off, all the heaters turn off. Mm-hmm. That all happens as one interconnected um, ecosystem, I guess. Yeah. So, and we get all of these different device manufacturers building their entire vertical stacks, all the way from cloud services, protocols, apps, mm-hmm. all of this. It's just slowing everything down. Yeah, everybody builds their own thing from scratch and then yeah. they wall it off and nobody else can access and it. Nobody yeah. else can yeah. get in. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So if we can increase the amount of reusability, um, make it easier for developers to build solutions mm-hmm. um, and interoperable solutions, then that's good for everybody. I completely and agree. It increases the ability to get to market. Um, people buy more stuff. And yes. that's likely to be Intel stuff. So, uh, <laughs> Which is good for you We're guys. happy with that. <laughs> um, so the OIC is about interoperability standards. Mm-hmm. Um, things like device discovery, obviously communications protocols. Um, so the OIC, as well as being developing these standards, also publishes a reference implementation of the standard. Okay. Um, which is called IOTivity. Mm-hmm. And so IOTivity is up on GitHub. Anyone can go and download it. Um, it'll run on a variety of different platforms. Yep. And it's a reference implementation of the standard. Excellent. So anybody can follow that and yep. make sure um, that stuff's going to work. Absolutely. Um, and then we've got a bunch of other IoT developer kits and tools um, we've got a IoT dev kit and a cloud service that goes along with that. Mm-hmm. So we publish a whole bunch of different tools to help people accelerate their um, time to market. Yeah. Um, we've got IoT system studios. We've got HTML5 um, developer tools. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a lot of the tools for very serious industrial grade IoT solutions as well. Excellent. Got all bases covered now. Yeah. Um, so that's... That was a long answer to a short question about what's OIC. No, that's good um, because it gives people enough knowledge that they now know exactly what it is and where to go. And yeah, and it's about interoperability and making all this stuff work together. Yeah, which is another very important thing in the Internet yeah. of Things. Yeah. Otherwise, this whole Internet of Things is not going to be that much of an Internet of Things. They're going to be individual things that uh, happen to use the Internet. An Internet of vertical pillars <laughs> that don't talk to each other. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Cool. Oh, also, it means if you're a small developer who's mm-hmm. got an idea, if you can interoperate with some of these big guys, then you don't need to write an app. That's true. You just use something that's already written. And yeah. Just integrate it. And Join in the yeah. current ecosystem. And, and then, fine, works. I can sell my thing. Or, yeah. Uh, maybe you're the app writer who wants to control the things. Yeah. Go for it. That sounds like an ideal world, which I hope will exist soon, for sure. Okay. Then on the same topic of the Open Internet, Open Interconnect Consortium, there is another one out there called the Olsen Alliance, which I know Microsoft is a big part of. And so I just wanted to ask, what are the differences between them? Or what what makes one different to the other? Or what's one strength of the other? Why are they Um, there? So we've we've obviously... um, formed part of the OIC, the Open mm-hmm. Internet Consortium. We're also a big member of the Industrial Internet Consortium, 
okay. which is more vertically aligned around um, industrial solutions, so manufacturing and control systems, those yeah, kind yeah. of things. Um, so the All Seen Alliance um, is a, another standard or mm-hmm. um, trying to become a standard, um, mainly backed by Qualcomm. Mm-hmm. Um, so we believe we've got the right number of partners signed up in the OIC. Um, there's a lot, and we believe we've got a, a better set of standards, certainly yep. around um, security, mm-hmm. um, because we've designed OIC very much with those tenets of security that we talked about. Mm-hmm. Very important, um, for sure. Specifically around device to infrastructure security mm-hmm. protocols, um, but also device to device solutions. Mm-hmm. So if you're building things like mesh networks or peer-to-peer um, sensor solutions, then uh, we believe OIC is a better solution for that. Okay, that's good to know. So if any developers are looking to do that sort of more complicated mesh networky yeah. stuff, then chances are this might yeah, be and, a little bit better And solution. obviously as these standards are ratified through that uh, OIC, then we release new versions of the reference implementation mm-hmm. and off you go. Cool, okay. Well, that makes it a little bit clearer, I guess, to know what the two are of any developers out there kind of comparing them, they know yep. a little bit of a difference. Okay, what's one key thing above all else that every developer looking to get into the Internet of Things should keep in mind as they start their IoT journey? What should they be thinking about most? Um, I think we've covered it at length. It's security. <laughs> yes, um, I was assuming you were going to say that. It's like I read your mind. <laughs> Strangely enough. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the, no, the, I guess one of the key things is obviously understanding what you're building. Yeah. So what are you trying to build? And then looking at who's going to use it. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, if you're trying to make a business out of it, hopefully you put some sort of business plan around there. Yeah, that would be good. Um, try to get yourself onto Kickstarter and work <laughs> out who your customers are going to be. Um, uh, then, obviously, security. Yeah. If, if, they're, if you're just building something to make LEDs flash, then, okay, probably not too big a deal. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, one of the reasons we teach people to make an LED flash is if you can turn an LED on and off, is you can turn anything on and off. You sure can. Um, so what is the thing you're turning on and off? And then make sure you secure that thing. If it is your <laughs> front door lock, then conceivably you might care about security. A little um, bit more than the LED. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I um, can see that. If it's your sprinkler system, okay, yeah, big deal. Someone can turn the water on, so what? Um, yeah. But, yeah, certainly understand the device you're building, what are the implications of hackability, Mm. and then at least make some um, intelligent decisions around how to address those concerns. Yeah. Excellent. Very valuable advice there from Peter. Okay, the last question, which is more of just a relaxed, fun one, rather than putting you under pressure to explain how you're going to combat all of the perils of the internet world, of things problems, yeah. <laughs> um yeah and a more relaxed and fun topic is just what's the coolest thing that you've seen people build with any of the intel iot products so far ah well when you asked me first you actually said you've 
as in, oh, you've seen. Ah, okay, right. I thought you were putting me on the spot <laughs> in terms of what am I, do I have any make it cred? No, you uh, can you can rely on other people's entertaining yeah. concepts. No, the reason I <laughs> mentioned sprinklers is I did my own sprinkler system and you know what? I saw the big security hole. And I, <laughs> okay, I'll obfuscate it as much as I can and yep. not to worry too much about it. But, uh, yeah, anyway. Excellent. Um, no, we're, we're seeing lots of IoT solutions and obviously working at Intel, we look at things as well as the maker movement. We've mm-hmm. got some things to address that. Um, but we also treat... Um, IOT very much as a serious business opportunity. Which it surely yeah. is. Um, so the when you look at solutions like smart parking and um, these other um, solutions, they're all based around business problems. Yeah. And so when you're looking at it, you should start with the business opportunity. Yeah. Um, understand what you're trying to achieve work out a business plan around it Um, and so when we look at things like smart parking Mm. you know oh it's all about booking me and making sure (laughs) government revenues and all of that damn government revenues well what about if you can send a car directly to a car parking spot Mm. how does that reduce traffic congestion in the city yeah um, if you can go to a parking spot and uh, someone sends you a voucher for 10% off and an extra hour of free parking, yeah. if you come and have lunch in our cafe, pretty good. being able to monetize those solutions. Um, so look at other business opportunities. Mm-hmm. Um, so to answer your questions, what are some of the, the um interesting things Mm. it is stuff like that it's it's around looking at solving an iot or solving a problem based on an iot solution yeah but then what else what else can you do with it what else if i expose this data or expose this system through apis to other services and apps and yeah how else can i make money out of this um so smart parking's a great one. We've seen lots of stuff in smart buildings. Mm-hmm. Um, an interesting one was where we saw um, some uh, organization called Rudin in the US has yep. a number of big buildings. They just went, okay, let's see how many people are in the building at any one time. So just Excellent. by monitoring people coming in and out. That's an IoT solution. It is indeed. They go, oh, look, you can see patterns of how many people are in the building at any one time. Guess what? People generate heat. (laughs) Yes, they do. If there's lots of people in, then that's going to put stress on the aircon system. If there's less people in at lunchtime, maybe we can wind the aircon down a little bit. Brilliant. That's going to save money. Yeah. So just looking at how these different solutions, you may just think, oh, my gadget that I'm building does this and that's about all it does. Look for other opportunities. Yeah, connected to everything else. Yeah. yeah, and it's just finding them and monetizing them, making yeah. money out of it. Yeah. Which is important for sure. And obviously one that's close to Intel's heart at the moment is the Global Initiative for Honeybee Health, which yeah, I've I have just, a picture uh, of that. been talking to Patrick about. Um, this is a CSIRO-led initiative that... They're using the Intel Edison as a gateway in the beehives, monitoring 
coming and going of honeybees. Which is, um, like, really, really cool. Yeah. And the photography that CSIRO and you guys have put in there is pretty cool with, like, super close-up on bees. Yeah, with little backpacks, RFID backpacks yeah. on them. Go, <laughs> go and check it out. Yeah, yeah. Global Initiative for Honeybee Health. Yeah, it's actually one of the coolest things I would actually say that exists out there so far for our team, for yeah. sure. Cool. Well, thank you so much for your time. Yeah. It's been fun to come visit Intel and find out more about all the Internet of Things stuff you guys are doing. Yeah. Is there anything that you'd like to get out there, people listening, where should they go if they want to find out more about Intel stuff? Um, well, obviously, the first place you go is the Internet. <laughs> I've, I've, what is I've that? I've heard, I've heard of it. <laughs> Someone mentioned it the other What day. do we need to connect yeah. to this Internet? Uh, so, <laughs> intel.com slash IoT, I imagine, I believe is the URL. Excellent. Um, yeah, and we've got links to all our IoT developer kits, lots of resources for developers and cool. people building things, and, uh, and obviously a lot of our partner ecosystem as well. Yeah, brilliant. And I'll have links to all that stuff too, where they can be easily found. Yeah. So if people don't remember or were busy doing something at the time and didn't write that down, don't worry. Intel.com slash IoT. Tough one to remember. Yeah, you'll find it or you'll... Use one of your preferred search engines to find it. It'll be pretty simple. Cool. Well, thanks, Peter, and congratulations no. for getting through the first interview for a Dev Diner that's been recorded. Awesome. Thank, <laughs> thanks for coming in. Great to be a part of it. Cool. We'll catch everybody next time in the audio world of Dev Diner.